for what a mighty God you are, Lord, amongst your people. You're not some kind of graven image. You're not some carved idol. You're not something we put in our pocket or nothing like that. You are the God of the universe. Made all there is. Nothing that was made wasn't made by you, Lord. You made all there is. Everything gave you consists because of you. And it was for your pleasure, Lord. I stand this morning before redeemed new creations that have been redeemed by the most precious and lovely blood. Your very life that you gave for your people, Lord. We adore you this morning, Lord. We stand so humbled and so in awe of such a, such a one as you, Lord. I pray you bless our brothers and sisters this morning. That you would help us to stay, stay focused. To keep our attention, Lord, just fixed on thee. Let us not look away. Let us not get distracted, Lord. Don't let Satan have any success here this morning. Satan is defeated, and you're the one that did it, Lord Jesus. And we thank you for that this morning. We pray as your word comes forth that, Lord, you would reveal yourself to us this morning in such a greater way than we ever dreamed possible, to learn more of your character, more of your attributes, more of your person, of this beautiful and lovely one that we're married to. We give you all of ourselves today, Lord. We surrender to you, both the speaker and the hearer. We surrender to you, Lord. Have your way in this service. We surrender all that we are, Lord. And I pray, Lord, at the close of this service, once your word has come forth, Lord, and you always vindicate your word, and I pray, Lord, the testimonies that will come forth from this service of this very present God, Lord, that these very testimonies would compel many others to give their hearts to you, to surrender their lives to you, because there are so many on this planet that are hungering and thirsting for a living God. And here you are, Lord. We love you, Jesus. And we pray that you'd have your way in all that we say and do. In your lovely name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. God bless you this morning. Don't you love to praise him? Amen. I know it's not by feeling. I know that. But, but, but we are in a body that, that does feel, that has passions, that has expressions. And I love to feel the presence of the Lord moving through amongst his congregation and confirming his word like he's so good at doing. God bless you while you're standing. I want to read in the book of Deuteronomy chapter 10. Deuteronomy chapter 10, verse 21. I want to read just one verse to you this morning. Say amen when you get there. I don't want you just to read it on the screen. I want you to read it in your Bible because this is very personal. This isn't just for the children of Israel years ago. This is your God. This is your Lord. This is your Savior. This is your husband. He is thy praise. And he is thy God that hath done for thee these great and terrible things or great and awesome things which thine eyes have seen. God bless you. You may be seated this morning. Which thine eyes have seen. Now I'm going to ask you, do you agree with that statement, that, that scripture, that prophecy, that, that proclamation of your God and your king? Do you agree with that this morning? Have you seen the greatness of your God? 
Do you serve a dead God this morning? Do you serve a God that, that's happy to leave you where you were and your chains and your bondage and, and whatever junk the devil had you mired up in? Do you serve a God like that? That better be a resounding no. I don't serve a God like that. I serve a God that still breaks chains, still sets the captives free, that's still a restore, that still gives peace, that still brings a joy this world don't know nothing about. I love him so much this morning. I, I do want to comment just uh, in the last five or six days um, would have been the anniversary. I think 1954, Lebron preached two services night after night, back to back. And the first one, and these, these titles have caught my attention and I'm not being able to stop thinking about it. The first one was redemption by power. Redemption by power. The second night was redemption in completeness in joy. Redemption in completeness in joy. Who give you that joy? Who give you that joy? Who give you the redemption? Same one that gave the redemption gave the joy. The world can't do nothing about it. Amen. I appreciate him so much this morning. I've got a couple of announcements to make. We we were able to get the uh, our our our, uh, our Memorial Day weekend meetings nailed down. Um, we're going to dedicate the church that day. Uh, I think everybody was here Sunday, except Sister Bri- Wednesday, except Sister Brianna, which we're very happy to have here tonight. This day, um, she was very much missed this weekend. This was her pastor's birthday surprise this weekend, so there's a lot of shame going her way. <laughs> yeah, they're gonna they're gonna give her a real hard time when she gets home, but we're. I understand. I understand. But we're happy to have you this morning. Very happy to have you. Um, so anyway, so church dedication services. As you know, we've been um, kind of waiting to to get the dedication, uh, to actually have the dedication. We've been kind of waiting on them to get all the, the finalized with the church, to get it all bought and everything. And it kept dragging out, kept dragging out. So you know what? We're just going to go ahead and have it. They've already told us it's ours. We've got a signed contract on it. We, you, know, you understand? So it's ours. So we'll go ahead and have the church dedication service. I, I know that Satan's been trying his best to stop this. He's been trying to slow it down. Every monkey wrench he's got, he's throwed it. But it still ain't enough because it's still ours. It's still ours. I thank the Lord for that. So uh, what we'll do is that Memorial Day weekend, we'll have a Friday night service, a Saturday morning service, a Saturday night service, and a Sunday morning service. So you know, last year we had a Wednesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, Saturday night. So what we're going to have, and the reason for that, to kind of just tighten it up a little bit, just for folks that will be coming, because we'll have a lot of folks that are coming, and, and that'll save them a night in a, in a hotel room. So just have, so it'd be a little bit more busy on Saturday, but it'd be a lot more folks to be able to fellowship with, and I think that'll work out real good. So what we'll do is, I told you, we'll have Brother Timothy Miller from Noel, Missouri, be preaching for us. Brother Bryce Collins from Claremore, Oklahoma, be preaching for us. Brother Wendell Martin from Pawnee, Oklahoma, be preaching for us. And Brother Jeremy Schreiner from Amarillo, Texas, be preaching for us that Sunday service. So he's the fourth one I want to get confirmed, and the Lord worked that out, and I appreciate him. So that Friday's the 26th, the 27th, and the 28th. We'll have probably a, a Friday night, probably be a 7 o'clock service. And then we'll probably do something like a 10 o'clock on Saturday morning, and then a 5 o'clock on Saturday afternoon, and then a 10 o'clock Sunday morning. So we'll get, we'll get some flyers. She's got a flyer made. We'll get it, uh, send it out to everybody you can find. They need to hear what God's done here. And even for folks that, you know, they already have a good church. And you know me, I, I never know anybody. I'm not trying to ever steal anybody from a church. I believe what God has done here will encourage them where they're at and in that body because he's the same God. He's our God. That's their God. It's the same God. And what God has done for us, it'll build them up in their faith. And they'll go back to their area and they'll fight for that area there. 
I believe that's what God has intended for each one of these testimonies. You know, you notice he's not hidden them. He's not hidden them in some back alley or, or, or some under a bushel or something like that, but he's got it now where this testimony of the church alone has went over this entire world already. I, I know from India to Africa to Canada, and I'm sure it's still spreading everywhere. It's a living God. It's a living God that meets your needs. I thank him for that. I thank him for that. And we also, uh, we, we shared that with you on Wednesday night that the weekend after the 4th of July, which is the 7th, 8th, 9th, 8th, 9th, 10th, something like it is, that Friday, Saturday, Sunday, we'll have a youth fellowship meetings, and we're titling it a youth fellowship meetings, but everybody's invited. 7th, 8th, and 9th, thank you. The 7th, 8th, and 9th, uh, where the Jonathan Jones be preaching for us. Um, and I want everybody to come. I want everybody to come because, like I said, even even for a young person to have an older person to come alongside and say, I believe this still. I'm not just started today. I, I understand that each one of them, when you come as a young person or someone coming off the street, come up to you and you just now, you're meeting the Lord Jesus for yourself and, and it's so new to you and, and you're getting in your own walk with him. And, and again, it's very new to you. It's like when a husband and wife first get married, you're, you're learning each other and you're all these different things. So to have someone else come alongside and say, I've been serving him for 10 years. I've been serving for 15 years, and I'm telling you, you can keep standing. You're going to have everything in the world thrown at you, but I'm still standing. I'm alive, and I'm remaining by his grace, by his mercy, and it's only by his grace and his mercy. It's not no strength of my own. It's by the glory of our mighty God. I thank him for that. So I want you all to come for that. Um, of course, we've got tonight, we've got our, our communion and foot washing service, and we've pushed that back to 6 o'clock tonight. Uh, so I pray that you've been praying and dedicating your heart to the Lord. And if there's anything you've had to make right, that you went and got it done, that you haven't drugged your feet with that. This is where it always gets quiet. This is serious. This is very, very serious. Don't let there be one thing. Even if it's something, you like, oh, that's silly. Don't let there be one thing. You understand that if you come up and you do that, that you eat and drink unworthily, that you take damnation into yourself. This is how serious this is. So if you've got anything to make right, you get it made right. Don't come up here and do this. And don't stay home. The devil will tell you, well, you got things to make right. You probably just do it next time. Don't let the devil beat you up like that. You might not live till next time. You are not one of us in this room are promised tomorrow. You are not promised tomorrow. The devil will tell you, well, we've got three months. We can do it again in three months. And, and I know a brother that, that comes to here sometime. The devil's untold him that. And so he's kept skipping the communion, kept skipping the communion, kept skipping the communion. Don't let the devil do that to you. You make it right right now. If there's something in your life that's got to be surrendered to God, you do it right now. Now's your time. This service right now is your time. Whatever it might be, whatever that weight is, it's been so easily besetting you and chaining you and holding you. You let it go right now. Uh, you let it go right now. I told you here uh, just a couple weeks ago that was listening to that song by the Crab family about the cross. And it says that this right here is an icon. It's a symbol that tells you you're free. That's what it tells you. You're free. So don't listen to no lying devil tell you you're still chained. Because he makes you free. The Bible said if he's made you free, he made you free indeed. I love the way God explains things. It's never just, well, you know, we walk by and they don't like that. No, no. He didn't just make you free. He made you free indeed. What's that sound like to you? And everything that you do in word and deed, do it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're made completely free. Who made you free? God. Elohim. The king. Your husband. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. 
<clears throat> this morning, I think will be part 18 of changing our atoms, and we've been preaching on the rapture, we've been studying on the rapture, and, and today we, we start a different part. It would be identified in him. Changing our atoms, identified in him. And there, there's so much, there's so much to this, and I, I don't know how much the Lord will, will allow us to keep going in this in this study or this topic, but I only want what he has. I want what he has for us. And I know that the way God is, that, that if we were to end this series today, that if we start another one, God is still meeting whatever you're at in your walk with God. I might walk up here and only preach on the Godhead for 20 services straight, and you need to know a little more about redemption, or you need to know about serpent seed, or, or something like that. God will take these words, and he'll quicken them to your heart, and he'll open that up and illuminate it to your life. Because he's your God. He's the one that gives wisdom and revelation and understanding the knowledge of him, not me. So in this study on the rapture, we understand that as we've shared that with you, as you witness to people out in the world and, and you testify of what God has done and, and you tell them about the message that's come, this that's come in this hour is to raise you up out of dead denominationalism. And most importantly, it's to restore you back to everything that Adam lost. It's not just the day of Pentecost. Uh, please don't ever let me seem like I diminish that to you because when that baptism of the Holy Ghost was poured out and people's lives were literally lit on fire by that Zoe life of God, that's very, very special. And each one of us should have that same experience. Each one of you should have that same experience. And it's like I said many times, the devil's done lied and told billions that if you just come up here and shake my hand, you get it. That if you just put your name on our book, you get it. That if you just say you believe the message, you get it. That ain't how you get it. Paul asked them in Acts 19, he said, have you received the Holy Ghost since you believed? Well, I believed and I had the Holy Ghost. Well, I, and I understand how faith comes. I understand that comes. So Jesus said, by their fruits, you'll know them. By their fruits, you'll know them. And, and I love, and I say this all the time because it, it inspires me so unimaginably that God sent a prophet in our day that only had a seventh grade education and he could break things down in a way that I could see it. Break them down in a way that I can understand it. Break it down in a way that I can take that and put into my walk with my God. He would say that, that you can't take gasoline and pour it on somebody and set them on fire, throw a match on them, and expect them to sit in their pew and just, oh, this is just a good service. Oh, it's just a, my neighbor almost heard me today. They almost, I almost shifted in my seat. No, you set somebody on fire and see what happens. See, John had said, there's one coming behind me that he won't just baptize with water. He'll baptize with the Holy Ghost and with fire and with fire. The fruit will quicken your life and set you on fire for him. That's what God does. So you've got to have that and you will not take a rapture. You will not take a rapture to the Holy Ghost without that new birth experience. You cannot get into heaven. I don't have time to get into first death, second death, first resurrection, second resurrection. But you understand what I'm saying? You don't take a rapture without that baptism of the Holy Ghost, without that kingdom of heaven coming into you, that kingdom of heaven quickening what was always there. The reason you can be quickened is because you always were a son and daughter of God. That's the only reason you can be quickened. And again, I love that the prophet would talk about how the Catholics, they build Mary up in such a way that Mary is the great. And please, please you know, don't not ever trying to diminish what the angel Gabriel said and what God thought of that young girl. But she was not allowed into heaven without being in the upper room on the day of Pentecost. 
She had to be there in one heart, in one accord to get that tongue of fire put on her life. It's the truth. You're no better. You're no better. You've had an angel say many things about you, but you're no better. Your life must be quickened. There's only one way. There's only one way. And again, the devil is like, so no, it's not that way. It's this way. Well, you can maybe not go exactly that way. Maybe you can cut over here. No, there's one way. It's straight. It's straight. And that's not spelled S-T-R-A-I-G-T-A-I-G-H-T as in a straight line. It's spelled S-T-R-A-I-T. Look at your Bible. That straight means water. That's straight. Straight is the way. See, the baptism in the, whole, in the water is not what saves you. That's just an outward confession of an inward work. That's just ever, as so we'll be able to see what God has done, but it's still a part of it. You understand that in the end of living destruction, that the world, the planet you're living on, had to be washed by water. God is perfect in threes. It had to be washed by water. You're a part of earth. You had to be washed by water. You have to be washed by water, and you must be washed the right way. We were sharing with some brothers this weekend about what Satan has done. He's, he's watered down, and he's diluted. I've told you this many times, that when Luke chapter 10, verse 19, when Jesus said those words, Satan is sitting there with a pen and paper. Okay, you're telling them that I give you power over serpents and scorpions, and nothing shall by means harm you. So you just give them, you the creator, just give them power over me. So, okay, how do I, how do I deter this? How do I defeat them in this? How do I take this weapon out of their hand? So he's studying. He's looking. He's studying. He's trying to figure out how do I take that from them? How do I take that from them? And here comes that, that, that Trinity doctrine out of the pit of hell. God's not one. God's three. Let's tell him that there's three. You know, for a fact, Lucifer knows he's one. Lucifer laid before his throne for however many eons it was until that bore up and iniquity was found in him. But Lucifer's not, he's not confused. Oh yeah, there's a father, the son, the Holy Ghost. Oh, there's three different people, three different persons, three different personalities, whatever they want to tell you. They'll, they'll say, well, we serve one God, but he's in three persons. So he's schizophrenic. It's that simple. And these ridiculous notions that the devil throws out, he's like, okay, it looks like they won't exactly believe it that way. Let's do it this way, and let's do it this way. And it keeps coming back to where the, even people believe that he's not three, that maybe he's two. Okay, if, if, that, if maybe we can understand that, that the Bible says that, that, that he was the son of God, that, that the Holy Ghost moved upon Mary, and, and you get to wonder, okay, who's his father? God of the Holy Ghost. Okay, let's narrow that down. We'll say that they're the same person. And then you have the son. You have God, the Holy Ghost. You have the son. So that's two right there. So now we believe in two. So your way is askewed. Your way to the throne. Your way to redemption. Your way to restoration. Your way to the tree of life has been redirected has been perverted, perverted. Hear you, Israel. The Lord our God is one Lord. He is one and his name is one. His name is one. I don't have time to get into Matthew 28, 19 right now, but as Jesus was telling them about that, and you think about why would he say that? Why would he say, if you baptize the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost, yet Peter turns right around and baptizes him in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ? As a believer, I believe that every word that comes out of the mouth of the Lord Jesus is thus saith the Lord. 
I believe that all scripture is given for edification, building up the son, the man of God, the man of woman, I believe the woman of God. I believe that with all my heart. So if the baptism must be in the name, because the Bible says that everything you do in word or in deed must be done in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. So why would he say that like that? I come across a quote here just a month ago. Brother Ram was explaining that. And you understand that God has attributes. And that's been the beauty of what God has showed us in this series, in this, in this study about the attributes of God and these expressed parts of his person. And we've, we've shared that with you out of Christ the mystery God revealed that, that before there was anything, before eons and eons ago, that God had a threefold purpose. That God had a threefold purpose that he wanted to reveal himself to you was number one. He wanted to reveal himself to you that he might have, second, that he might have preeminence amongst his body, and three, that he might restore his kingdom to its rightly position. So let's take that number one. God wanted to reveal himself to you. So God is a spirit. God is a is Elohim. God is this great, this great being that cannot be fathomed by you, could not be understood by you. Most importantly, could not be touched by you you see the problem you see the vast chasm we're not just standing on one side of the grand canyon we're not just standing on in america and looking at england we're we're talking about so far that you can't even fathom him you can't touch him you can't understand him that he said i will make a way where they can and then you start to see all these attributes that was wrapped up in his person And I say this all the time, Adam did not know him like you know him. Adam did not know him like you know him. God did not predestinate sin. God did not predestinate that, but God's a gentleman. God will tell you, here's the right, look at you. You think about with Eve, but look about you. You look at your life. God has told you, this is the way. This is what I should do. It's right here. Each one of you are probably touching your Bible this moment. He said, here's the right way to go. Here's the statutes, the commandments, the way to live your life. And most of the time you'll be like, we're each one guilty. We're each one. Well, why would God allow that? God's a gentleman. He's a gentleman. He's patient. He's long-suffering. He's kind. And I want to say thank him for that. Because he's been patient and long-suffering and kind to me and my ignorance and my fallacy and my weakness and my idiocy. I thank him for that. But God wanted you to know him. He, so the prophet was talking about that, Matthew 28, 19. He said in each one of those three attributes of who God is, he took them and he walked through your life and cleaned you up. Through that person, through that, through that vehicle, through that attribute, he walked through your life and cleaned you up where that now you can go to him. You can have access to him. And again, most importantly, you can touch him. See, that's, that's, that's powerful. That's powerful. We've sung the song many years that touching Jesus is all that matters. And it's easy, like with any song, just to keep, you know, just keep bebopping through it. But that's a fact. If you've touched him, your life will never be the same. Maybe you've sat in a church 60 years. Maybe you've sat and claimed to be a message believer for 150 years and never touched him. 
You can touch him right now. All it takes is say, Lord, I surrender. I give all my heart and my life to you, Lord. I have wasted, I've had to say this, I've wasted so much of my life. I thought I knew him. I thought I lived for him. I did not. I did not. But you can. And again, he's long-suffering, he's merciful, he's patient, and he's kind, and he has always, 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 always wanted you. Always wanted you. So in the age that we're living in, as I said earlier, as you would testify to others about what God has done in our day, we're not just lifting up the Bible, which you know how I feel about the Bible. But God has done something very special in our day that he sent a prophet to restore everything that Satan has torn down. That the Bible teaches you that, that scoffers will come in the last days. That what even the scribes and the Pharisees had done, they made, they made through their teaching, their vain commandments, all these twisting things, they made the word of God of none effect. And so you know where that come from. You know who would institute this? You know who would inspire that? That'd be the devil to make the word of God of none effect. You realize he was there when all of a sudden now there's a world. Now there's a son and he watched God speak. Let there be, let there be, let there be, let there be. And you know what? There was. Every single time, there was. Let the sea draw back. Let every every creeping thing, every fowl of the air, every beast of the field, all of those things. And it's happened every time he said it. So he sees the pure word in fulfillment right there. God speaks, it happens. God speaks, it happens. Satan knows the power of that word. So Satan has to delude it in your mind. Satan has got to tear it down in your mind to where you don't believe it. So if you were to, I say this all the time being a carpenter, if you were to take a set of blueprints and the blueprints are drawn by man, of course, just, just follow me in a natural time, that if they're contradicting each other, the house that you're building won't stand, it'll fall. It won't stand, it'll fall. The Bible talks about the wise man built his house upon the rock. Jesus said that in a parable. The wise man built his house upon the rock. That way, when the storms come, it stood. The unwise man, the fool, built his house upon the sinking sand. So when the storms come, it fell. So as you build, it must be according to the word perfectly. It cannot be one side or the other. It cannot even be with a slant. It's got to be the pure, unadulterated, restored word of the hour. Now, what would God do to do this? How would God do this? What kind of a way would God bring this? As you study his word, you realize, Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, that God would do nothing. That's Hebrew, actually Amos chapter 3, verse 8, 6, 7, 8. That God would do nothing except he reveals it to his prophet. Hebrews 1, 1 says that God, who at sun-dry times and divers' manners, revealed himself, spoke to his people through prophets. So you know how God speaks through a prophet. You understand that? So that means that, and I've shared that with you as I've testified to people, that they would tell me, oh my goodness, we're obviously in the last days. We're obviously in the last days. Obviously, and this is what they're offering. Okay, by your own admission, you're telling us in the last days. The Bible says that in Malachi chapter 4, verse 5 and 6, that before that happens, God will send a prophet. Is the Bible true or not? Always ask, is it true or not? And they were like, well, yeah, I can't believe Perhaps that the Bible's true. Okay, so if that's true, where is he? Where is he? What kind of a man would he be? Would he be a great polished up soothsayer? 
would he be some great big Saul, a son of Kish, standing above the men, building churches in his name, pointing people to him? Or would he be like Elijah the Tishbite, who was an inhabitant of Gilead, that walked out a hairy man, a lover of the wilderness, that would only say what God said and turn and walk away? Only say what God said. Never say, well, I also think that if you do that. No, this is what God said. I've spoken. That's the way God does. God uses prophets. This is the truth. So in our day, as you stand here and the word's been torn down, Satan has had marvelous effect, marvelous success and effect upon the church. He was able to, with the twisting of all that he's done and said, make you disbelieve every promise of God. Satan's had marvelous success. Your enemy, marvelous success. Getting you to disbelieve the word. So you would see why God would send someone to restore it. To not just restore the word, for me to tell you that this is what the word says. This is what the word said. And you're right. Okay, I will now take in my data bank, in my memory bank, in my mind. It's this way. It's this way. I see it in the scripture. It lines up. That's exactly what it's saying. Okay, that's great. It's only one part. You've got to believe what you see. You've got to believe it. You've, you've got to believe it. See, faith in the heart of a believer is powerful. Is powerful. And in our day, uh, this prophet has come was to restore the faith. Because you know where you're standing. You understand? You know where you're standing. You're not on a, you're not on a blueprint that's going left, it's going right, it's going this way, it's that way. No, I see him perfectly perfectly and it's not one way or the other it's only his way it's not whether you're right or i'm right he's the only one that's right let every man's word be a lie and his be the truth you understand our basis you see where we're pointing from so as we've established all this background and this foundation in this that we're studying that there must also come by the types of the bible by the prophecy first thessalonians chapter 4 and then you have luke 17 30 you have enoch as a type you have elijah as a type you have the saints of old before the cross as a type you have jesus christ taking ascension all these things as a type shows you that a must needs through that necessity that you yourself will escape and not take death but in actual reality that death would be swallowed up in victory. Now, as this prophecy was laid there, and Paul would say that, that death could be swallowed up in victory. Paul is standing there, and he's looking backward at the cross. He's looking backward at the price, the propitiation that's made. He's looking backward at that atonement for that sin. He's looking at that bridge that was built between man and God. He's looking now, as he said in Ephesians, as a way made. As a way made that a man can walk from the outer court through the inner court, into the holy holies, into the Shekinah glory, everything that Adam lost, and so much more. So much more. So if there would be a way made in such a place like that, how would it be restored? It'd be through the faith and restored, revealed word of the hour. Proof of the Holy Ghost is speaking in tongues. Proof of the Holy Ghost is shouting and running and jumping pews. Proof of the Holy Ghost is saying you believe the message. No, that's not the proof. I know people that are lying to your face and say they believe this message, and they hate it. Thank you, Brother Matt. Absolutely hate it. They're scoffers. Scoffers. They hate it with all their hearts. They hate it. And they'll hide in it. They'll hide in what God has done. 
This seems odd. This seems strange to you. You look back at the Pharisees and the Sadducees. These men with evil and wicked hearts full of unbelief that would sit there and say, we're the sons of God. We're the sons of Abraham. We hold his word. We have it memorized. And they look right at the tree of life and say, you're a devil and you need to be killed. Hiding in a religious organization. Hiding in the cloak of what God had done those days. Hiding. But not to the word. The word always shines light and nothing can be hid from the word. Nothing, once that light starts shining, nothing is hid from that word. Nothing is more clearer than when that light comes forth. That's why you live in the day when the son of righteousness has risen with healing in his wings. And you think about these scriptures, why would he word it like that? Yes, I see what God has done. I see the seals are open. I see the line of the tribe of Judah has stepped forward off that mercy seat to step forward and come and reveal himself, make himself known. I see those things. But why would he have to say with healing? Because you lived in this world. You've been scarred by this world. You've been marked by this world through your offenses and your complexes and all the, the prisons that you were in. You take someone that spent five years, 10 years, 15 years in an actual federal prison. They're not the same. Most people, when they go in, they're way different than when they come out. They're marked by that, by that, uh, by that, uh, by that imprisonment. They're marked by that captivity. Generally, they're very hard. Right? They're very hard. Their heart has been hardened. So when he rose with healing in his wings, he said, I'll take your stony heart and I'll give you a brand new one. And the purpose for the brand new one, that it would be soft, that it would be pliable, that when I love that about that Welsh revival that one thing it was testified about them, they said the tiniest little thing, the tiniest little thing God did set their hearts on fire. Think about your, I shared that with you myself about the testimony service we had here a couple Wednesdays ago. I was laying at home so sick I couldn't even hold my head up. I'm listening to your testimonies on my phone and instantly I was on my feet. Went from being almost comatose, seemed like. Can't even grab my hair and picking my head up to now I'm standing on my feet. It has power. It's proof that he's real, that he's confirming his word. It's proof. It's proof. So he's the same God. He's the same God that reveals himself to you in healing, that reveals himself into you in, in, in a heart being restored. Sister, <clears throat> asked me this weekend, we was, we was kind of just joking about something, and she said, she quoted a scripture out of Ecclesiastes, she said, you ever heard that scripture? And, and <clears throat> what she quoted was that a wise man's heart is on his right, and, and that scripture, have you ever heard that? And I thought, I don't really sound familiar, and we were just kind of, you know, just kind of just chatting back and forth, and she said something about something, and she said, well, I guess you've probably never had open heart surgery. She has, with some things that she's had, and, and I thought, not in the medical sense, I personally have not had it in the medical sense, but in in a in one way, I've had two different churches that I've went to, took my heart out and ripped it to pieces. And I didn't know, I didn't realize how much complexes, how much offenses, how much scar tissue it put on my heart. I didn't realize that. And even still now, years later, I find things sometimes I'm like, I didn't even know that was there. I didn't even know that was there. And God in his gentleness would show you this needs to be healed. Ask me. This needs to be healed. And so I have that aspect. I, I do. I have that aspect. Each one of us have those aspects of, of hurts and things that from living in this world and, and the prison that it can be. 
but you also have that part of that, that supernatural creative God that you serve that will take that heart that's so scarred up and he will open it up and he will lay his hands on it and he'll heal that heart and he'll heal that heart and now you can love again. You can forgive again. I've shared with you, I think it's in um, the Pergamian church age. Brother Branham says that he's talking about Abraham lying. Jacob being a thief, Jacob being a con man. Uh, you have Moses was a murderer. David was a murderer. David was a fornicator. David was, was an adulterer. You look at what Solomon, all these different things that all these men did. And the, the, what always stands out in my mind that he says that those with severe blemishes far outnumber those without. When I first read that in the church age book, that those with severe blemishes, I'd already been, the Lord had been dealing with me about my heart and my life. And I didn't told him over and over and over, God, I can't, I'm not worthy. I've ruined my life. I've ruined my life. You, I, you cannot use me. And I hit that scripture and I melted. I melted. That, that quote, of the, I melted that those with severe blemishes far outnumber those without. I had severe blemishes. But God is a healer. He rose with healing in his wings. Now, each one of us, we sit here today, and, and God has <coughs> set you free, and there's so many things that you're not bound by anymore. So many things that you're not bound by anymore, but there are still things on you, each one of us. We've got things on us. We can. It don't take long in conversation for those things to come out, and you hear that, and you catch that, I see, I see. And you, you let somebody talk. It don't take them long. They'll tell you what hurts. Whether they mean to or not, it'll tell you what hurts. And it's just, it's just, you think about that. If the person was sitting there with a gaping wound in their chest, you'd do everything you could to help them. You would try to get them a bandage. You'd try to get them some, anything you could to help them. But when sometimes the way the devil will get on you, that if, when you hear those things, you might get frustrated or irritated. Because if you're irritated and frustrated, you can't help them. You can't love them. You can't pray for them. You can't encourage them. You can't build them up. This is our enemy still fighting. Everywhere you turn, your enemy is still fighting. But thankfully, he's defeated. Thankfully. Now, as an overcomer, in this day, we overcome him by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. And the blood of the Lamb, I, I could start right there and preach a six-year sermon just on the blood of the Lamb, what it did for you what God did for you in that blood of the lamb, and it's nothing of you. It's nothing whatsoever of you. The only reason you exist is because he chose you. The only reason you're breathing right now is because he chose you. The only reason your heart is pulsing right now is because he chose you. Well, I did this, I did that. You ain't done nothing. You ain't done nothing. Satan will tear you apart all the time. Well, they should look at me because I need glory for this, or I did this, or I did that. That's the devil all day long. That's a devil all day long. And I just saw it just, you see it all the time. People talking about the Muslims like to promote this a lot, that Jesus never said he was God. They said he never said he was God. Would you expect him to, would you expect your God to tell you in that body that he was God? There was no I there. It was only he. And they, well, that proves there's two. That proves there's three. No, that proves the humility of God. Our example, our example. Your example, not me that lives, but he that lives within me. It's not me, it's him. Not my will, but thine be done. That the son of God learned submission through things that he suffered. Learned humility through things that he suffered. That son of God is God. 
You see, God would lower himself down to become the least. So as you watch your life, the Bible tells you to examine yourselves. As you watch your life and you see how Satan tries to put hiccups and burrs in your personal experience with the Lord, and you find things and you're, you're trying to express only the word of God. And as you're, because we, we, just, we just finished that part of this voice. This voice in this day is to be your voice. It is to be your voice. But the thing about you is you've got to be fixed for the right voice to come out. There's times that, that maybe it'd be you speaking and him speaking. Not supposed to be you speaking. It's only supposed to be him speaking. Don't make me go back to Ezekiel 1 and 2 and read that to you again. After a while, you don't even see them. You only see him. You don't see them. You only see him. So you see why you've got to die. You have to die. There can't be no I left in there. It's only him. So as the captain of our salvation, the one that goes first, and God went first, God showed you how to take a rapture. He said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You have that type in the cross being hung there between heaven and earth as a sacrifice. But you also have a type of the rapture there as well. If you lift him up, he'll draw you up. If you surrender your life, he'll draw you up. If you surrender your life, he'll change you to where one day you're too close to there to ever come back here. It's a beautiful thing. It's such a beautiful thing. And this promise is unto you. It's unto you. No, it's for another church or somebody else in the church. No, it's to you. See, again, I love that God sent a prophet. I know Satan hates it. I know it. You can feel that sometimes when you say that, that spirit of Satan hates it. I don't care. I don't care. I was listening to a sermon Brother Wayne preached just last night, and he said, I don't have to stop and pray. Oh, did God send a prophet? It was William. I don't have to pray about that. I just believe it because I know it's true. My heart's been identified with it. I know it's true because Jesus said that it would be so close to the last days it would deceive the very elect if it was possible. And I'll say it again. Who guarantees that? Well, I guarantee that I've learned it all the right way and I know the Bible and I've, I've lived this way so long and, and my dad and my mom and my grandparents and my great-great. No, no, no. He who gives wisdom and revelation, understanding the knowledge of him, said, I will keep you until the day of your redemption. And Satan tells you, you're not going to make it. You're going to fall down. You, that was your last mistake. You can't make another one. You're done right there. He's lying. So again, back to what I love about God sending a prophet, that in, it was in 1960, 1961, Brother Bram was taken beyond the curtain of time, 1960, I think it was. And this is the prophet. You also have that in the vision of the bride, that he says, I can never be the same William Branham ever again. I can never be the same William Branham ever again. After being there and being in a place that is perfect love, that I can never be the same person again. Now, you know, your heart is, is catching that right now. Your heart is catching the sincerity and the reality of that right now. I'm not quickening this to you. The Holy Ghost is here right now quickening that to your heart. And your heart is testifying, I believe that. I know that's the truth. Now, what is so beautiful about God sending a prophet is he said, I saw you there. Well, no, he was just, no, this is a prophet saying, I saw you there. 
You think about the vision of the bride, that the bride, he said, and now comes the vision of the bride. And, you know, the, the, bride the, the, the preview of the bride comes up. And then after that, you have all the other churches of the world. They come up and they're dressed like America is. And, and the women are ungodly. The women are dressed as an abomination. And they look like the great whore. They look like the great harlot. They're walking through there. He said they didn't even have anything over their clothes. I heard a brother say recently they're wearing, they're not even wearing enough clothes to pack a shotgun shell with. To wad a shotgun with. It's the truth. More and more and more and more uncovered. More and more uncovered. How much will you allow this year? How much will you allow this year? Just a hundred years ago, if a woman walked out like that, they would carry you to the insane asylum right there. You've lost your mind. You know, ten minutes years after that, twenty years after, you've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. You've lost your mind. And now it's like, oh, that's you. Whatever you want to. However you want. No, no, no. Pure insanity. Pure insanity. Absolute insanity. He said, but then, he, as I'm standing there and thinking, God, is this all we could produce? Of all the preaching and all the praying and all that we've done, that that's the best we can produce. And the angel said, wait, here she comes again. And that preview of the bride, she goes walking, and all these other churches walk before him, and they'd walk down, 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 down. He said, here comes that bride. He said, they're marching the beat of onward Christian soldiers. He said, and she starts to rise up. Starts to rise up, headed off toward the sky. He said, I noticed that there was a couple toward the back that they were starting to get a little bit out of step and get a lot of line. He said, I come to in my room screaming, stay in line. It didn't mean they fell away. It didn't mean they backslid and couldn't do it. They mean they might have been struggling in a moment or something they were in, but they still made it. So I'll ask you again, who guarantees this? Who guarantees this? This isn't you. This isn't me. This is the one who has obligated himself to make it happen. He obligated himself. He said, I've begun the work. So I'll ask you this right here. And I, I believe there's some watching right now. I'll ask you this question. Has he begun a work in your life? Just a simple yes or no question. Has he begun a work? No, you mean the devil did that. You mean because you like me, Sam Parker, as the pastor of this church, that I've, no, no. He did this, and your heart knows that. And the devil will come along, well, no, you didn't. You messed up. You're backslid. You ain't been to church in six months. It ain't. No, that's a liar. That's a liar. Because he that begun the work is faithful to finish what he started. See, he's called Alpha and Omega for a reason. The first and the last. He guarantees it. He guarantees it. You think about the backed up seal of a check and a check is written. That seal, that check is guaranteed. I want to say guarantor. The guarantor being the, the institution that the financial institution that holds the money that backs up that check. See, your check is laid up not in this world, but it's laid up in another dimension. It's laid up in a place where moth and rust does not corrupt. It's laid up in a place where sin can't touch. It's not laid up where fear and unbelief can grab hold. It's laid up in a place of perfect love. Perfect love. Perfect love. And he said, this I give to you. In our day, through this adoption, through what God has restored in our lives, and like I said that before, before your very eyes, open that scripture this morning, before your very eyes, he's restored this to you, that now, as a fully adopted and manifested, expressed son or daughter of God, your name is on that checkbook just as good as his. And that's why I've told you, I love that quote of it, it's rising in the sun, that in our day, there's come a message that rose up out of midst of dead denominationalism that the full maturity of the word 
has come back again. See, you should have started screaming right there when I said that. The full maturity of the word has come back again. Well, I mean, it's, it's okay. It's no big deal. It, Satan's done under, made you underestimate your weapon. He's going to tell you it's no big deal. No, it is the biggest deal ever to be made. The full, this is Genesis 1. Let there be, let there be, let there be. So what do you need to be this morning? First time it was the third pull was ever expressed or used on a human being was Sister Hattie Mosier. She was formerly a, a right, Hattie Wright. And he was sitting there and she, her heart latched on and said, that's nothing but the truth. He's still Jehovah Jireh. And the question come back from the throne, ask her what she needs. Oh, that's too simple. That's too, God hiding himself in simplicity. What do you need? What do you need? Now, is this revelation is quickened to your heart? And it's getting good and settled down. And it's no longer twisting and wondering and begging. And, oh, God, could it, God, could it? Wait a minute. He said, this is restored back to me. I love him. I believe him. What do I need? See, the Ephesians 6 armor that's, that's so adequately and so amazingly illustrated, it shows you how you're to be dressed in this day. This Ephesians 6 armor, you're not to be cowering. You're not a, a milk, a babe in the word. That those days are supposed to be done past. You're supposed to be built up to be able to eat strong meat. You're not as a babe. You understand that? You're not supposed to be. If you are, you need to grow up. You need to eat the book. John, you need to eat the book. You need to keep eating the book. And don't stop eating the book. Ever stop eating the book. The, the Bible will say there in Malachi that you'd be raised up in this presence and what God has done in our day, that you would be raised up as calves in the stall. Now, if you've ever raised a calf, they come in as a baby as you have to start out with milk and you have to nurse that baby or have a, a mama there that can nurse it. But you're starting out giving it milk and eventually it comes to grain. Eventually it comes to grass. Eventually it gets full grown. And now it's ready for service. Now you're ready for service to being full grown. See, I don't teach that, that once you're full grown, that once this revelation has come in, now we just sit here and we just twirl our thumbs to the rapture. That's not what the Bible teaches either. That's not what the prophet teaches, not one bit. No, you have a helmet of salvation for a reason. You're dressed in battle armor for a reason. And so I will remind you again on that threefold number three purpose of God since before the foundation of the world to restore his kingdom to its rightly position. to restore his kingdom to its rightly position. My goodness, hadn't even got started yet. <laughs> Amen. Let's turn over to Malachi, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11. I say it again, I love his word with all my heart. I found nothing to, that brings such peace and comfort as, as reading what, what he says and what, what he's done and what he's going to do and what he's doing right now. Mark chapter 11. Now, this is a very familiar chapter, of course, with you, but I want to I insert right between those two occurrences of the cursing of the tree and then the fruit of the cursed tree. I want to step right in between that in Mark chapter 11, verse 16. And you understand that as he come out and he made that, he was hungry and he saw that it was a fig tree and he cursed the fig tree. And then he walks in the temple and he finds that they have turned his temple, his house into a place of money changers. It's a den of thieves. It's all this nonsense when its sole purpose was that worship could be there, that the word can come forth there and lives can be changed. 
but they twisted it. The devil even got in it then and said, well, let's do this here and we'll do this here and we'll do this here. And the people walk out just as bound as they walked in. You must not have heard that. They'll walk out just as bound as they walked in. Preaching of the word still sets captives free. You've got a big chain on you that's called gravity. You've got a big chain on you that's called gravity that's holding you in this world. That part of death is still trying to hold you. But in you, in your very flesh, your body, your soul, and spirit, one day death will be swallowed up in victory and that seal of redemption will be wrapped up in a full translation. And you're gone. Absolutely gone. Verse 16. <clears throat> he's walked through. He kicked over the tables. You, you understand all that's very familiar. And he would not suffer that any man should carry any vessel through the temple. And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written? That means a prophecy. That means a prophecy was given. And Jesus asking them, Did you not believe your prophet? Did, did you not? I sent them to you. You know the parable of the king that had sent his servants to go to get the vineyard ready from the husband of those, the family that was there? Go tell them, I'm coming for it. I want it ready. They would take his servants and beat them and murder them and, and run them off. And then he sends his only son to them. And they said, okay, here's the heir. We'll kill him. That way we ain't got to worry about that guy ever again. And Jesus asked them, what will he do when he comes? And their own testimony was, he's going to kill everybody. He's going to kill everybody. See, I touched on this Wednesday night. People don't fear God. They don't fear God. You realize that even in your own self that you don't fear him enough. I don't fear him enough. I'm not talking about cowering and fear and all those things. Fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. You realize that if you feared him more, you wouldn't let certain thoughts stay in your brain. Devil drop it in and you'd burn it right out. That ain't mine. I won't let that be accounted to me. That ain't mine. I get that out. Satan, get behind me. Sometimes I've got to say it all day long, back to back to back to back to back. Satan, get behind me. Satan, get behind me. That ain't mine. That don't belong to me. Satan, get behind me. That ain't going to be named amongst me. Do you fear him? And he taught, saying unto them, Is it not written, My house shall be called of just the local assembly? of just right here in Bentley, of just maybe one other place on the planet. It's just us four and no more. We should hide here and, and nobody will see us. Are you reading the same Bible I'm reading? My house shall be called of all nations, of all nations, the house of prayer. But you made it a den of thieves. Now, the people that did that, the people that did that, that Satan used and inspired and anointed with that evil, poisonous breath of unbelief. Verse 18, the scribes and the chief priests heard it. How do they respond? They start concocting a plan to kill him. And it doesn't just say kill. See, Peter would tell you your enemy's plan for your life. We quote this to you all the time. Satan just wants to negotiate with you and you stay over there and I stay over here and we all good and kosher. No, that's not your enemy. That's not the enemy I fight. No, he's going to steal. He's going to kill. He's going to destroy unless you stop him. You stop him. 
unless you stop him. So I'll say it again. You're dressed in Ephesians 6 battle armor for a reason. No, we hide over here, us four, no more. We've got the word, and we'll sit here in the third pole on the day of the rapture. We'll be able to use it on the day of the rapture, not a day before. None of those things. We'll stay here, and we'll hide, in, and we pray they don't come find us quaking and, and hiding and running for our lives unless you stop it. My house shall be called, of all nations, the house of prayer. Of all nations, the house of prayer. But you made it a dean of thieves. And the scribes and chief priests heard it and sought how they might destroy him. This next line is very interesting. Very. In- how many has ever been afraid? Been afraid before? I've been afraid before. I've had fear grip my heart before. And even now you have battles with it through a complex, through a fence, and things that have happened before. Well, that hurt before, and, and I don't know, and, and you, we've each got to keep casting it down. you got to keep casting it down. Remember, perfect love casts out all fear. Don't ever forget that. Perfect love casts out all fear. So you see why the devil will keep you irritated, frustrated, mad, discouraged, depressed, eat up with anxiety, because he knows perfect love casts out all fear. So they feared him. They feared him. Nobody? Nobody? Come on now. The prophet would tell you that when the weakest Christian goes to their knees, that every single demon in hell gets scared. Every single demon in hell gets scared. Last night, we got to hear Brother J.R. Reek preaching last night. He was preaching on Acts chapter 4, and he was talking about they were watching this testimony. They was hearing what the name of Jesus would do. So they saw what the name of Jesus would do. So they commanded Peter and John, don't you ever speak of that name again. Don't you ever speak of that name again. That name has power and effect. That name has power. Every demon. We started out the night this morning. I speak Jesus. I speak his name. I speak his name. See, how much would it benefit you to see those demons start to quake? Those demons start getting scared. I shared that with you, the testimony of Sister Erica's cousin that we prayed for. And I wish I could have been there in Georgia. And you imagine five demons, ten demons. I don't care if it's a trillion demons all sitting there with their claws in this girl. And we prayed and believed. And they did. Oh, we got to back up. Get your hands off. See, again, back to our prophet with a seventh grade education. He would start out something like this about power and authority. He said, here in Jeffersonville, there might be a a police officer out here that maybe weighs 120 pounds. Really little, skinny, tiny guy. He stands out there with his real cute little uniform on. He's got his badge. He's got his white gloves. He walks out there in traffic, direct traffic. Here comes a 7,000-pound car. He throws his hand up to stop that car, and you hear them hit the brakes. They're not scared of that little body. That body can't stop that car, but it's the authority behind that that says you will stop. He said, Satan, pump your brakes. You'll make him take his hands off. You'll make him take his hands off. Well, no, I just got to suffer with it. I just got to suffer with it. I just, it won't get no better. No, make him. Do you believe him or not? See, again, faith in the heart of a believer. And faith only begets faith. Faith begets faith. That's why that testimony is so important. Share your testimony. Share it. 
Share it. Everybody you meet, share your testimony with them. Let me tell you what God did. Let me tell you what God did. I have shared your testimonies with people out in the world, and it's changing their lives. Wait just a minute. You're telling me he's still real. He's still alive. He's still. That's what you're telling me, that God still does these things. I've been told my whole life, my whole life, he don't. And you're telling me he does. And you're saying you can prove it? I can prove it. I can prove it. Look where we're sitting. I can prove it. He's the same God. Same God. I'll ask you again, what do you need? What do you need? They sought how they might destroy him, for they feared him, because all the people was astonished at his doctrine. All the people, and and, and again, I can't help jumping to that night on the boat that he stepped up, as a prophet would say, and he put his foot on the rail of the boat, and he says, peace. And even the, the testimony of the disciples, what kind of a manner of man is this that even the winds and seas obey? What kind of a manner of man that even the winds and the seas obey? You, you, can you imagine? Remember, all creation is groaning for you to be manifested. All creation is groaning for you to be manifested. It has been perverted by Satan for 6,000 years. Satan being the prince of the power of the air, storms and all this nonsense that Satan's gotten into and caused such havoc and destruction. And the earth that's here, the wind, the planet, all the water, all those things have been waiting for you to be manifested so it ain't got to do that no more. Can you imagine the wind created by him the sea created by him. And they're sitting there and the prophet had said that 10,000 demons swore they'd sink that boat that night. 10,000 demons made a pact. We will sink that boat and we won't have to fool with him no more. This Jesus. And he stepped out there and said, peace. And it obeyed. It obeyed. Again, I'll ask you, do you think God believes his own word? They all, the people, was astonished at his doctrine, at his teaching. Your life preaches a sermon. The prophet would tell us about what a preacher would be for someone that's called to be sent here at the platform and, and to, to take a text and to preach, and you know you have that part, but your life as well is preaching a sermon as well. And I have preached some bad ones before, some bad ones before. People look at me, you're a Christian, you're a message believer. I'd, I'd want you to think that, but my life don't look like it. My life don't look like it. But when your life is fixed, your life starts preaching, and people are watching you. Wait a minute. They're not scared. She's not all twisted up. She's not all stressed out no more. It's still in the same trial, standing right in the midst of the furnace of fire. They, it's, maybe things don't look like they got no better, but she's standing there at peace and calm. Because she knows who's in her. Knows who's in her. He said, if you abide in me and my word abide in you, you can ask what you will. So I'll ask you again, what do you need? What do you need? Let's turn over to Malachi chapter 2. Malachi chapter 2. Oh, the word of God is so beautiful and rich. And I want it. I want it. If, I, if it's got to take me out back and whip me, then let it be. 
If it's got to break me, let it be. If it's got to crush me and tear me apart and rebuild me, let it be. Whatever it is, I want his word. I want his word. Malachi chapter 2, verse 1. And now, O ye priests, this commandment is for you. If you will not hear, if you will not lay it to heart to give glory unto my name, saith the Lord of hosts, I will even send a curse upon you, and I will curse your blessings. I'll curse your blessings. He said, I've cursed them already because you do not lay it to heart. I've cursed them already. And I've shared that with you before that I've lived under a curse before. I'm not trying to preach on tithes and offerings, but I've told you about myself that I've, I've been there before and I've robbed God and, and I paid for it dearly. And I paid for it dearly and dearly and dearly. And it still sometimes can be a struggle and you have to be tested again. Lord, it's yours. It's not mine. It's yours. It's not mine. And that's just one part. You've, as far as, you know, it's like you can get people to give their money to God. Maybe they'd give their heart to God. Interesting avenue, isn't it? Well, I guess I can give him some money, but I still ain't going to give him my heart. People, the Bible will talk about what you value. Most people will value their job over God. They'll job value their bank account over God. And God is very gentle. He doesn't require 100% of your bank account. He does not. Brother Brown said but so many times, I have tried to give him 90% and me live off the 10%. And he's reminded me over and over and over again, I only ask the 10%. That's all I asked. It's not about the money. That's just a part of the fruit. It's the heart. It's his. It's not mine. Everything I have. If I had my wallet on me right now, I'd tell you everything that's there. It's his. It's not mine. I didn't get this by my skill. I didn't get this by my business prowess. It's his. It's not mine. So if he's given it to me, then it's not for me to just, oh, I got it and hide it and hoard it. No, it's for a need for somewhere else. It's to take care of my family, provide for me anything I can do for anyone else. It's not for me to say, well, I've got so much in the bank account. No, it's his. It's his. Now turn over to 2 Peter chapter 3. 2 Peter chapter 3. Interesting. Interesting look at the rapture, isn't it? I've been so impressed as God has brought us through this and, and, and so many different things that he's brought up and he's showed and, 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 and all that he's done. And, and it's not, you know, people say, well, that's just too simple. But again, God is, reveals himself in simplicity. And you think about your life and the little parts of your life that has burrs, has little hiccups, these little things that, that should be just as smooth and polished for the presence of the Lord that you got little hangups in. And, and God in his gentleness comes along and said, you've got this. It's got to be surrendered. You've got this. It must be surrendered. You've got this. And you won't take a body change without that because you don't, only thing that changes from here to there is your dwelling place. That's all it changes. Your character is the only thing you can take with you. And it's got to be a character that's been tried and proven in a fiery furnace of fire. It's only, it, it, you don't take nothing but your character. You don't show up well. You know, it's, it's, uh, no, it's a character that shines him. Character is different than personality. Character is a thing that when no one else is around, it still stands pure. It still thinks pure. It still loves pure. Second Peter chapter 3. I guess I got to get there myself. Chapter 3, verse 7. But the heavens and the earth, which are now, by the same word, are kept in store. But the heavens and the earth, 
which are now by the same word are kept in store, reserved unto fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. He's holding it. He's holding it. We we can all we, we've shared a lot on that. That that if you see the promise of God, if you see the the wrath, the fierce wrath of of, of His indignation and, and that anger that's yet to be poured out, and and you would look outside yourself and say, that 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 cup has got to be overflowed. He's got to be overflowed, uh, angry as far as the fierceness because they've they've not just see. There's a big difference between sin and abomination. There's a difference between sin and abomination. You understand that. There's a difference between sin and abomination. Sin is unbelief, yes, just not believing it. But abomination is you taking that and trying to smack him in the face with it. You said, what? I ain't about to. Matter of fact, I'm going to rub it in your face that I will not do what you say. That's what an abomination is. Look outside. Everywhere you look is an abomination. They're even trying to say that what God created as male and female is not even that anymore. I can be whatever I want. That's trying to spit in the creator's face. This isn't spitting in the doctor that when you were born said, oh, it's a male or a female. It's the one that designed every fiber and molecule of your body. The creature is looking at the creator and saying, why hast thou made me thus? Scripture prophesied this, said it would happen. <laughs> but the word that has kept it, that's kept it reserved under fire against the day of judgment and perdition of ungodly men. But beloved, that's you. Be not ignorant of this one thing that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years is one day. Now you understand what this means. You go all the way back to the garden and he told them, he said, the day you eat thereof, that day you'll die. The day you eat of that tree, that day you'll die. And you'll think, well, you know, kind of scooch by there because they didn't die the same day. One day of the Lord's a thousand years. Neither Adam nor Eve lived a thousand years. They died in that day. But you understand what he's telling you. (laughs) That if you had not eaten of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, you'd have lived more than a day. Let that sink in just a minute. You would have lived more than a day. I don't mean 24 hours. I mean a thousand years. You see the promise that God had always set in store for you. And it's not in a fallen condition. It's not an unbelieving heart choked up, heart held away condition. It's a heart that's laid bare before him where he rules and reigns from it. The millennium is just the honeymoon. The thousand year millennium is just the honeymoon. You have the marriage supper for three and a half years. Then you have the thousand year honeymoon. It's just one day. You think about that, your first day. You imagine each one of you that's been married before, husband or wife, and you're so excited about it, and you get your, you got the wedding day that happens, and it's such a, a wonderful thing, and you're so happy, and, and you smile so much, so long, so hard that your face hurts after, and you're so excited, and then you're thinking about our first day as a married couple, our first day. And you think about the honeymoon. Sometimes you can't take it the same weekend. Maybe you got to wait a month or something like that, and, and that's kind of been a little bit of delay as far as our getting a honeymoon. But your first day of the honeymoon, a thousand years, and it'll be perfect. Perfect. He said, verse 9, the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. This scripture has been going over and over my head for the last week. It's not slack concerning his promise. 
I'll pause right there to remind you of this. He's promised you a body change. He didn't say, well, you know, we'll see what happens. No, this is what he's been promising you all along. You trace it all the way back to Enoch. Trace it back to Elijah. Trace it back to those that were uh, in paradise when God emptied paradise out. They would have been the third rapture of the Old Testament. It's always been his promise. You have science fiction and different things. They, they try to strain at this thought and this concept. And, and you have uh, the Hindi and they try to talk about you know, going to a certain form of enlightenment that your body just kind of fades away and transcends into a higher fashion and order. Where do you think they got that thought from? And it's not from extreme meditation and chanting and humming. It's from a life surrendered. Walking in the revealed word of the hour. It's, it's that simple. And I, I did like this in that sermon I was telling about brother, brother Wayne had preached. And there's a definition that he's looked up about that in 1 Thessalonians 4 about where he said that caught away. That one of the definitions words it like this, kidnapped. Kidnapped. That the rapture will be a kidnapping. Now, he's not going to come by in a kidnapper van with blacked out windows and throw chloroform over you and snatch you in the back of the van at Walmart. The point and importance of that statement is you had nothing to do with it. You had nothing to do with it. Again, you only exist because of his choice. His choice. You only exist because of his choice. The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering. Raise your hand to usward. I thank God. I thank God that he's long-suffering to Sam Parker. I thank God that he's long-suffering to you. I thank God he didn't give up. I thank God he didn't quit. I give him more reasons to quit than probably anybody on the planet. I give him more reasons to say, I'm done. I give up. He don't give up. He's not slack concerning his promise to you. Let's all stand on our feet. We have our musicians come forward. God is not slack concerning his promises. God will bring it to pass. Our God is not a liar. There's two things our God cannot do, and that's change or lie. So again, Satan's had marvelous effect. The prophet was saying Satan's Eden. Satan has had marvelous success, marvelous effect, explaining away every divine promise to a believer for their age. Will he explain it the way to you? Or will you say, that's mine. Get your hands off. I wish I had just a few more hours just to briefly touch on some of the promises God give to you. Just to, just to take a few seconds per promise. And it's this one, and it's this one, and it's this one. It's for your family. It's for your husband. It's for your body. It's for your walk with the Lord. It's for your husband. It's for your wife, future or come, whatever it might be. It's for you. It's for you. This promise is for you. There is only one way to touch him. That's believe when you call on his name. Oh, touching 
Jesus is more than really matter. Oh, and your life will never be the same. And there is only one way to touch it. Think about that. Oh, it's just for me. When you talk oh, it's Oh, touching Jesus. It's all that really matters. Oh, is all that really matters. Oh, am I love will never be the same. Oh, and there's only one way to touch you must believe in God is there. You must believe in you God is there. The Spirit rain down oh rain down oh comforter and friend how we need your touch once again Holy Spirit, rain down, let it rain, let it rain down, oh let your, let your power fall, and let your voice be heard, come and change our hearts, as we stand on your word, Holy Spirit, rain down, Holy Spirit, rain down, Oh Lord, rain, Lord, please rain down. 
Full my comforter and my friend. How we need your touch once again. Holy Spirit, let it rain. Oh, rain down. Oh, let your power fall and let your voice be heard. Come and change my heart as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, bring down. Let your power fall. Oh, let your power fall and let your voice be heard. Come and change our hearts as we stand on your word. Holy Spirit, bring down. I'm amazed that you love me. I'm amazed how you care through your precious blood. I found pardon and all my sins. They're washed, they've been all washed away. All my sins are washed away. Oh, I'm amazed, oh, that you love me. Oh, I'm amazed, how you care. And through your precious blood, I found pardon. And all my sins are washed, they've been all washed away. Oh, my sins are washed away. No one knew, no one knew how long. I was feeling, and the emptiness I tried so hard to hide. Though I've laughed and said my life was fine without you. Well, I was covering up the secret tears I brought. Then one day, someone told me of your mercies and the love you showed on a hill called Calvary. There you died and purchased my redemption. When you broke sin's power and set my spirit free, well, I'm amazed that you love me. 
Olá, bumbês. How you care And through your precious blood I've been pardoned And all my sins are wrong They're wrong That's the way my sins are washed One more time that you love me I'm amazed How you care Through your precious blood I'm a found pardon And all my sins Are gone They're lost My sins I know Mr. Garrett's name Satan. That's why I rebuke him in that name. I didn't come in here with a title. I didn't come up with anything like that. I surrender to you. Everything I give. To you withholding nothing, withholding nothing, I surrender all to you. Oh, everything I give to you withholding nothing. Withholding nothing, one more time. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you. Withholding nothing. Withholding nothing. Give myself away, oh Lord, I give myself away, so you can use me. I give myself away, oh Lord, I give myself away, so you can use me here i am lord here i stand all my life is in your hands and lord i'm longing to see your desires revealed in me I give myself away oh Lord I give myself away so you can use me I give myself away oh Lord I give myself away so you 
can't use me. Oh, my life is not my own. To you, I belong. I give myself, I give myself to you. Lord, my life is not my own. Do you, I belong. I give myself to you. I surrender all to you. Everything I give to you, withholding nothing, withhold, withholding nothing, I surrender, I surrender all to you, everything I give to you. Withholding nothing, withholding nothing, sing I give myself away, oh Lord, I give myself away, so you can use me, I give myself away. I give myself away so you Let's sing it one more time. I give myself away. Oh Lord, I give myself away so you can use me. I give myself away. Oh, Lord, I give myself away so you can use me. Oh, spirit out on me, fall just like the rain, saturate my thirsty soul. Come and fall afresh on me, oh, and fill my cup again. Heal my heart and make me whole, oh, I need you now for your spirit out. Oh, Lord, I seek you, help me find you, how I need your touch, find my dry and broken places, thirsty for your love. Lord, forgive me, Lord, forgive me if I wander far away from you. Oh, you are all I 
and make me new. Pour your spirit out on me. Oh, let it fall like rain. Saturate my thirsty soul. Come and fall afresh on me. And fill my cup again. Heal my heart and make me whole. Oh, oh, I need you now. Are we that you would be mindful of us? What do you see that's worth looking our way? We are free in ways that we never should be. Oh, sweet release from the grips of these chains. Oh, I can't just strain in from the way mouth no longer can keep from singing all that is within me, Christ. For you alone be glorified. Emmanuel, oh God, with us, my heart, well, my heart now sings a brand new song, my dead was made, chains are gone, Emmanuel, oh God, with us, Lord, you know, our hearts don't deserve your glory, still you show a love we cannot afford, yes. Oh, I can't just strain and from the way my heart no longer will keep from singing. All that is within me, Christ, for you alone, before we find you will, oh God, with us. Well, my heart now sings a brand new song, this death is paid, these chains are gone, you will. God with us, oh, such a tiny offering compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, Lord, we lay at your feet, such a tiny offering. Compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay that your feet. 
That is within me, Christ. For you alone be glorified, Emmanuel. Oh God, with us, my heart now sings a brand new song. The dead is paid, his chains are gone, Emmanuel. God with us, such a tiny, such a tiny offering, compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay it at your feet, such a tiny offering, compared to Calvary, but nevertheless, we lay it at your feet. All that is, oh, and all that is within me, Christ, for you alone be glorified, Emmanuel. Oh, God, with us, my Hearts are sings a brand new song. The dead is made, these chains are gone. Emmanuel, with us. He is jealous for me. Loves like a hurricane. I am a tree bending beneath the weight of his wind and his mercy. Well, when all of a sudden I am unaware of these afflictions, eclipsed by glory, and I realize just how beautiful you are, and how great affections are for me. Oh, how he loves us so, and oh. How he loves us, and how he loves us. Oh, and oh, how he loves us so, and oh, how he and how he loves us all. Oh, and we are his portion, and he is our price. Drawn to redemption by the grace in his eyes. And if grace is an ocean, we're all sinking. Oh, 
and heaven meets earth like a sop of your lane kiss and my heart turns wild and be inside of my chest. I don't have time to maintain these regrets when I think about the way he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves Oh, sing he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how he loves Yes, he loves us. Oh, how he loves us. Oh, how does he love you? Oh, how he sing this. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room today. And when he's in the room, all things will stay the same. I feel Jesus in the room today. Sing this. There is healing in the room. Healing in the room. There is healing in the room today. Oh, healing for your heart. And healing for your faith, there is healing in the room today. I feel Jesus in the room, Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room today. And when he's in the room, all things won't stay the same. I feel Jesus in the room today. There's forgiveness. There's forgiveness in the room. There's forgiveness in the room. There's forgiveness in the room. Today, oh, I can see the Father run, saying, Welcome home, my son. There's forgiveness in the room today. There is peace in the room. There is peace in the room. There is peace in the room today. 
Oh, and when he's in the room, all things will stay the same. There is peace in the room. Today, I feel Jesus. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room. I feel Jesus in the room today. And when He's in the room, all things will stay the same. I feel Jesus in the room today. No longer bound. There's no more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's such a blessing. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I'm free. I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No longer There's no more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's such a blessing. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm free. Sing, I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free. No There's no more chains holding me. My soul is resting. It's about to bless me. Oh, praise the Lord. Hallelujah, I'm free. Well, I'm free. Praise the Lord, I'm free, no longer bound. There's no more chains holding me, my soul is resting. It's such a blessing. Oh, praise the Lord, hallelujah, I'm free. One more time, being free. Praise the Lord, I'm free, no longer bound. There's no more chains holding me. It's a blessing. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, I'm free. Sing it again. I'm free. Oh. Praise the Lord, I'm free, the Lord, There's no more chains holding me, my soul is resting. It's such a blessing. 
Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. 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 Elliot, you can confess that this morning, can't you? Ain't no more chains on me. Don't let Satan put them back on. He's defeated and you're not. You've been set free by the power of the Holy Ghost. You are not the man you were three weeks ago. God has changed. And you say, praise the Lord for that, Elias. And you throw your hands in the air and say, I'm not what I once was. I'm different. And he's the different. He's the different. Let's bow our heads this morning. Oh, Lord Jesus, what an awesome and mighty God you are. How great you are amongst your people, Lord. Oh, to be beautified amongst your saints this morning. Oh, God, we love you. We love you, Jesus. We love you. We appreciate you so much, Lord. I love that you won't just leave us. That you won't just let us be, Lord. That you've started the work and you'll finish it. Lord, we love you so much this morning, Lord God. Each one of us, as we stand here, we have a need. Each one of us must draw closer to you. Each one of us must lay aside the things of this world in any way that would so easily have said. Each one of us must take that all and say, that chain don't belong to me. The captain of my salvation, the mighty conqueror, has opened my life up to his word and has delivered me. We stand here this morning delivered by your power, Lord Jesus. Bless my brothers and sisters. Bless their lives. Bless the faith that's burning in their hearts right now. They might have come in struggling this morning. They might have come in a little bit down, a little bit discouraged. But now they can lift up the hands that hung down. They can lift up the voice that might have been tired. They can straighten up those feeble knees. They can straighten their back up and say, I'm a redeemed son and daughter of God. Ain't no change on my life. Hallelujah, we're free in this morning. Lord, we love your word. Oh, God, we love your word. It's so beautiful. It's so pure. It's so changing in our lives, Lord. We appreciate you, Father. Thank you for making a change in us. But we know the rapture is not a poof theory. It's not a poof theory. It's a here a little, there a little. It's a day by day. It's a yielding. It's a surrendering. It's walking in the light, Father, as you are the light. We trust you with our whole hearts, Father. Bless us as we go our separate ways. Bring us back tonight, Lord, for the communion and foot washing. And let us surrender more of our lives to you there, Lord. This amazing and wonderful experience that we've all just felt right now in your presence. It's, it's beautiful. It's powerful. It's life-altering. But, Lord, there's more to be had because your word's a light to our feet and a lamp to our path, Lord. And we're walking with you, and we can't have the manna of yesterday or of an experience of even earlier that day. We keep walking in your light, Lord, as you are the light. Let our hearts continue to burn. 
Let our lives burn brighter with your word, with your Holy Ghost than ever before. Lord, let such a testimony, let such a witness be of these people right here of the great and living God that still does miracles, that still changes lives, that still gives joy over depression, that still gives peace over anxiety, that still gives healing over brokenness. Hallelujah, three. Lord, we bless your name with our whole hearts. Be with us, Lord, in your lovely, lovely name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed this morning. There's no more chains for.